Hello and welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer, be they elves or Eldar, space marines or stormcast. We've got you covered. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Ryan. And I heard the waver in your voice before you said the, the line, you are going to do the Geeks with Shields line. I It's, it's, it's ingrained, I know. <laughs> so. it, it is. We do a lot of podcasts. And here's something I was thinking about, since this is the first episode of season two. Our entire first season, we never talked about Elves, Eldar, Space Marine, or Stormcast. <laughs> but we did talk about Orcs. Yeah, because Orcs are everywhere. <laughs> Deal with it. So... Anyway, before we go into what we're doing, we got to do the, the patron sound off. And I don't remember if I do it for the show or you do it for the show. Do you want to do it for this show? Sure. All right. For the patron sound off, these are the people who are, well, our patrons on Patreon. They actually give us cash and money so that we can continue to do what we do without with just a little bit less stress, you know, which is unbelievably awesome. And I'm always ad-libbing this because I don't like sounding... Uh, scripted or staged but i am amazed and constantly in awe that there are people who like do this for us so we say their names they are pam galley marquee chris chipman river galley krug arthur crane kevin vay brendan agnew john vinnels kit kenny and solomansky so if you'd like to become a patron just head over to you know our patreon geeks with shields for a dollar a month you get at minimum 25 cents an episode because we release four or more things a month and that goes a long way towards helping us so and uh, since this is Geeks with Grimdark, we have a guest, as we always do, because that's kind of the point of the show. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. I'm uh, Bert Jennings. I'm a narrative director at Turn Me Up Games. You've probably heard me on either the Death Core of Krieg or the Tau episode. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I love talking to you guys. And we love talking to you. That's like why him. we're having you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a side note, I've heard that uh, Krieg has, has been hit hard mm. recently. Unfortunately, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Um, but you got to persevere on and, uh, you know, just keep keep gloriously dying for the emperor. Um, but uh, in, in the Creek community, we've been slowly calling this ninth edition the potentially the last suicidal charge. Uh, wow. so, so we'll see. All right. Ulrich, you want to take us into the specifics, uh, if there are specifics of what we're talking about today? Yeah. And. At time of recording, this could all change, but at time of recording, we more or less kind of lost Death Corps of Krieg as an army. Big chunks of their line were cut from production, and it kind of is a trend we've noticed lately with Warhammer 40k, and we're losing a lot of the flavorful stuff. Beginning of 8th, we lost, you know, a lot of the guard regiments uh introduction of primaris kind of saw some of the more flavorful bits being taken away from space marines and we just we haven't really gotten anything to make up for it. we get upgrade sprues but they're not that impressive and they keep it killing all, off guard regiments in all fairness though the primaris marine thing is like you can tell that games workshop seems to want to slowly just transition space marines to primaris like as the standard i probably won't see that a complete shift over for another edition or two, but you can kind of see what their plan is there. Yeah, and that's fine, and that's cool. And again, they, they said, hey, if you've got space wolves, there's still going to be space wolves. Here, rule for space wolves. And people went, well, what about making them look like space wolves? And then games were oh, yeah, we covered. And they put out yeah. some of the most terrible upgrade sprues imaginable to the point that you can't even really tell they have upgrade sprues. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about, is the growing homogeny amongst the armies and our general feelings towards it. I, I do want to say, though, that I feel like Games Workshop has... Uh, I almost 
admire the balls on them <laughs> when they when they released that that video with the but call you can't solve all your problems by making more primaris <laughs> it's like watch me they're aware of it and yeah. the fact oh, yeah. they lean into it is i don't know, just i can respect that <laughs> and that they have been uh, you know listening to the community which is kind of i hope hopefully when this airs that this is totally in reverse. We have Plastic Krieg, we have meaningful upgrades sprues, we have <laughs> Tau Auxiliaries, we have all yep. the flavorful models that we've been asking for forever. Because I swear, if I have to look over another field of Cadians painted red, I'm just going to yeah. puke. Sidebar. <laughs> Sidebar, I just want Plastic Commandos, man. Give me my Plastic Commandos. Anyway. <laughs> so, so this is the one example. I don't know, Orcs, you guys can kitbash and have fun, and you guys are kind of built for it. So you don't really have the no two Orc models look alike unless you make them look alike. No, no, you're, you're totally right, which is why I was like, it's just a sidebar. It's just that I want <laughs> plastic commandos, even though I, well, right now my plan is to kitbash my own commandos using, like, barrels and stuff, because I've seen people do that online, but we're not here to talk about that necessarily. So since we kind of, you kind of mentioned it, and I kind of mentioned it, uh, Bert, since you were a, or are a, Tell us what really is going on with Creed, the specifics, because I don't know the specifics. I just heard what Ulrich said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to try not, not uh, you know, there's probably some people that are that are sick of this and hearing it, but to me, it's, you know, it's near and dear, right? Um, the the updates that happened for Ninth for Krieg uh, were really just a gut punch. Um, what happened was, you know, Games Workshop slash Forge World, right, because all the Krieg Models come from Forge World, which is you know a different site, and there's always been issues with Forge World not really updating their you know um, codexes or their their uh, compendiums to to really fit with what's going on in like the Prime Games Workshop codexes. So there was this big announcement, like, look, we're gonna you know, we're gonna do everyone right, like we're gonna make sure that uh, you know the the Forge World armies are gonna be. Uh, ready to go when ninth kicks off. So everyone was super excited, and of course, for Creek players, because Creek makes up a, a decent amount of uh, the high-selling models on Forge World, we're excited because we were kind of this abnormality, but we're still part of the guard, but we have different things, and you know, we we're just kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. And well, <laughs> what happened was, uh, you know, there's this this unspoken, maybe it is spoken, I'm not sure, uh, philosophy, which is if they don't sell the models, then there is no reason to give uh, stats for them. Uh, I guess so. Or not not that they won't give stats, but nothing to give. They go to legends, and legends is basically where things go to be forgotten and die. So uh, you can still play with them, but they're not really gonna get. You can't the use them in tournaments. Correct. You can't use them in tournaments, and yeah. they're not gonna get really the love that they're gonna get from any sort of updates, right? They will never get balanced. They will never get FAQ'd. Yep. And people may or may not play them. Again, we agree to let you play them. Yeah, exactly. And so what that means for Krieg was almost all of our unique uh, units are Krieg-flavored units uh, because Forgeworld hasn't, I guess, updated the, or the, you know, the molds broken. The big, you know, one of the things we talked about in, in the Krieg episode was like, please fix the mold so I can have more graded deers because uh, they're the coolest looking unit. And so those got sent to Legends. All of our characters got to set, sent to Legends. Um, and it just felt like we we were given the short end of a stick, but then the answer was like, yeah, but wait, just wait, because um, you know there's going to be more information revealed. And the more information that was revealed was just 
Yeah, so you lost all those things, and now you're just kind of being folded into the Astro Militarum Codex. So you're just going to be treated like a regular guard. You, the cool thing is you get access to all of the guard stuff. Uh, isn't that great? Because, you know, you couldn't have access to all of it before. Also, though, your regimental <laughs> doctrine is garbage, and, uh, you know, have fun. And it just turned into this thing where it's kind of like looking around, being like, what, what just happened here? And again, you're trying to be positive, but it just felt like all of the flavor and all of the, the things that made Krieg feel unique were just completely pulled out. And so, now, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like to me, and you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong, that it, as an orc and a sisters player, mm-hmm. it sounds like Krieg has been transitioned essentially from being a lot more of its own army to being uh, more analogous to an orc clan or a sister's order, but for the Militarum, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So with all the Astro Militarum, there's like the different, you know, um, like regiments that you can take, and, you know, there's some added flair, but it would just be like, it's it's just the pick your flavor of, of uh, a... Cadian. Cadian, right? That's really what it is, right? And it's just, it's, I think you, what really sold me is you guys said this homogeny, right? The homogeny of the guard and just felt like very much like that's what's happening. Like, okay, use these things. And again, I get a lot of it from a game design perspective. Like, hey, roping us into the codex is actually uh, a great way to be like, see, when there's updates that affect them, they all affect you. This is great. You can feel part of this. The problem is when it almost seems more like not like a consciously good game design decision and more like, eh, we'll just group all of you into this thing and you can deal with it. And then all the flavor is gone. Like you don't, I don't feel the uniqueness of a, the Imperial Guard is a great army that has so much different variety at one point. And now it's just, Hey, well, you're going to look like this and you're going to play like this and this is your stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we also saw the death of, oh, what were they called? The Drop Troopers. Oh, yeah, the uh, Elysian. Elysian Drop Troopers, which was yep. an army that was composed entirely of things they can shove out of the back of a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And they had models, they had rules, and they kind of guess like, we're not making those anymore. So you just, there's, it's really just, if you are wanting to play a unique guard faction, your only option is, well, play Katachans or play Cadians in a different color. Or you play Krieg and you patch in Cadian stuff to mix what you don't have, but then you're left with this really, this doesn't match. Because if you don't know the game, Krieg has a very unique style, yeah. and Cadians look like Starship Troopers, which is <laughs> not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of these things is not like the other, and it really creates a very disjointed, very... You're losing the customization, which is what the whole bigger conversation we're having is it feels like a lot of the customization and the differentiation is being taken away, or it's not taken away, but it's less supported. It's more well, third-party. So, so, so again, it's just for my own edification. Yeah. Let's say, uh, let's say you're making... Uh, let's go with a thousand-point list, uh, and you want to make it as much a Krieg list as you can. Um, with the the ninth edition rule set, what does that like? And I, when I say this, when I ask, I mean like if I have the table in front of me, like how many of your Krieg models can you actually take that are allowed, quote unquote? Like yeah. what percent of that is gonna is it gonna look like? 
I mean, so, I mean, that's the part where it really comes back to this, like, homogeny of, of the look, right? Like, I guess we had unique-looking um, chimeras before. We had unique-looking um, Lehman Russes, like the main battle tanks, and they, were, they felt very unique to us. Now we could, yeah, the great thing is, like, I guess I can just go out and buy a regular Lehman Russ tank, but it's going it, to, the only thing that's going to make it look different is how I paint it, which I get. Um, to a certain extent, but there is this, you know, there's a limit on what you can do. We talked even on the, the Krieg episode about Kriegifying your stuff, but that really comes down to, like, cool, what extra little bits are you going to give me to, like, do this? Like, what kind of upgrades can I do that I'm, that I feel is, like, a natural feeling? I'm sorry to answer your question. It's, it's, it's the, the problem that I see is at this point now, it really is you know, you're gonna, you're just gonna see these these standardized standardized Imperial Guard army builds because it's just like, well, it's just this, but now you know that now they are since they all have access to the same thing, it's really like, well, what is that slight advantage of of playing a different sub faction, right? And mm -hmm. I don't know what there is, and it really comes down to the regimental doctrines um, from a gameplay standpoint because that's the unique flair. But, you know, for Krieg in particular, it, it really isn't good compared to at least well, what we had for eight. Yeah, all right, cool. I didn't want to, like, just keep harping on it, but it's it's, oh, no, it, it's, it's bad. It's... Well, I, I can kind of understand, at least from that point of view, because, like, when it comes to, example, with my orcs, I, in my mind, they're free Buddhas. They're all mm -hmm. free Buddhas because pirate orcs is awesome. But, and in kill team, free Buddhas are actually really good. But in regular Warhammer, their culture, which I guess is the equivalent of a regimental doctrine, yeah. is like the worst one. <laughs> so, so I play them generally as goths if I'm playing combat patrol. <laughs> so then, but like, we can me... even oh, go ahead. Oh, we can even take this over and talk about Sisters of Battle because they kind of yeah. fall into the same problem of the Battle Sister Squad is used to build three units, all of which are identical. Battle Sisters, Dominion Squad, and uh, Celestinian Squad. Yes, all the exact same build. There is no way. There's no bits that differentiate them. And yeah. some people, for some people, that can be a good thing because then you buy one and you can swap them around. But me, it's like, no, I want to buy models because my models look unique and different and have something to them that's not like this is this this or also this. Well, I do think it is. It strikes me that one of the cool things about the hobby from a community standpoint is seeing what people have done to their individual models that is unique. Like, I'm a big non-fan of monopose builds in general. Sure. Yep. And, like, I just bought, a um, like, last month a box of Arcoflagellants, and they're a monopose build, which annoyed me. It, yep. It's like, I don't, I don't even need a whole lot of differentiation, just some differentiation. Like, like... And my orc well, boys all look very different and unique. And Yeah, and you're paying such a premium for these models, which people will defend. Well, it's a high-quality model. That's why you're paying. It's like, that's great. But you know what? I don't want to pay this premium and then be told, and this is the only way you can build them. Or this is yeah. the only way they can look. Yeah, and that's the thing that, that to me, I've always, I always thought, and I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm sure maybe, well, I mean, I'm clearly wrong in some way because they don't do it. But... <laughs> The, the level, you guys talked on a really good point about, like, the, the extra little, like, upgrade sprues or, like, things that, like, let you have variety. And it's, like, 
you're getting a lot of that on like the third party market. And it's like, I get it because that's like where you can get it. But at the same point, I would love to the fact that the Imperial Guard is made up of men and women of the Imperium, but all of the models are dudes. Even if you gave me some sprues that allowed me to like have female heads or like female body parts, and they wouldn't be that different, but they'd be enough where like to me as for like the person who gets into the lore and things, I'd be like, oh, cool. This is great. I like this. This, this, uh, this lets me get a level of variety that is to me so minor from like the bit to like what the actual value is to me that I just don't understand why we don't do it. But at the same point, like I look at some of the, like I'm a black Templars player and I look at some of my like old school bits for the black Templars upgrades and they feel so unique. They're so cool. They got all the chains for like holding weapons. I got all these different like, um, uh, weapon options, and then I look at the stuff, well, one, there's no, I don't think there is even Black Templar upgrades for Primera stuff, but everything just looks like a different, oh, you just, oh, it's that because you painted it. Okay, they all look the same. Side, yeah, and uh, uh, side note, most, it's, oh, I was going to say, it's especially odd that there aren't, like, solid female Imperial Guard models when the ninth edition launch trailer featured probably yeah. a lady guardsman. So, I don't know, something about that just struck me when you said that. It's, it's odd. So, And hopefully we'll see this, you know, kind of yeah. change and get better. But I think the most damning example most recently was, at time of recording, the Space Marine or the Space Wolf supplement's about to drop. Well, it's and funny about that. And sorry, before you continue, I was going to say, like, the whole Space Marines basically being painted different now to differentiate them as opposed to, as you said, like the, the chain stuff for Black Templar, my thoughts immediately went to the Space Wolves because, uh, and I, cause I don't know what you're about to say, I haven't been keeping track of it, but as different and unique as the various Space Marine chapters are, I feel like there's none that are more visually distinct than the Space Wolves because of their whole weird, you know, Vikings and wolf crazy and yeah. we got all this like shamanistic stuff in our armor and whatnot and... So anyway, sorry, continue over. Yeah, no, Space Wolf's a great example because the kits there, the original, you know, old Marines, the kits there were designed with all these little runic flares and wolf heads and axes and shields and beards and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and when they looked really cool, they were really unique. A Space Wolf army looked different than anybody else. And then Primaris came out and everyone's like, all right, you're going to, you know, give us some sprues to make this different. The games were saying, yeah, don't worry. And the sprues came out. And it was things like a little rune tag and a wolf tail and a mohawk yeah. beard. And that yep. was that. And then they're like, okay, don't worry, guys. For the supplement, we're going to give you the Wolves of Morakai special uh, psych you're hunting space wolf. And they went, well, cool. And then we <laughs> saw the models and we went, wait a second. That's just Reavers painted space wolf colors. Yeah. Where's the upgrade sprue? And someone went, wait, wait, no. He's got a wolf tail on his gun. That was the height of all brand good. This is a brand new unit and model. And everyone like, no, you just put the same lazy upgrade sprue in this box. And if you want to realize how bad it is, just go free plug here. Go check out Pop Goes the <laughs> Monkey for their bits and what they do for specialized, you know, unit stuff. It's like, this is incredible. There's, you know, these big scale cloaks for your, you know, salamanders. There's these huge, you know, Viking wooden shields for your space wolves. They're putting in the effort. Games Workshop, what the hell? Yeah. 
Well, and so if I can ask you guys a question, right? Because I know you 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 probably have talked about this before um, on on previous episodes, but the first armies that that you both got into, right? Because I remember when I got into Tau was my first army, and I had never played Warhammer before 40k, that is, and I got like a big box of stuff, and I looked at it, and it was such a a, a jarring experience at first, because like I, I don't understand how am I supposed to tell the difference between what a breacher is and what a strike guy is? What what the hell is the difference between a pathfinder and this? And like, there's like all these different units, and I just looked at a sea of them, and I and I was like, I don't get this. And over time, I realized, oh no. They all look different because of this little thing and then that little thing. And those differences just between the units made me feel so excited because I could just look at a model, uh, you know, and, 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 and know what it is and see the differences between. If I lined all three of these up, here, here's how they look different. And with the, you know, with Space Marines, it's a little bit harder sometimes with what understanding that difference. Um, and so with you guys, with the first armies you bought, did you did you have that same experience and did you get really into that or is that not part of the collecting hobby for you? So uh, I just want to, in, in my case, right, because I started with orcs because I loved orcs in the lore and I picked up the star collecting box and uh, with the exception of the Megatrack, the Megatrack Scrapjet, which is a mon essentially a monopose orc build, but I really mm. just wanted one, so that's fine, and it looks awesome. But with the exception of that, every orc kit I've got, and I have, I think I've got about two thousand points worth of orcs, so you know, decently sized. Um, they're extremely open to how to combine. Like literally, I just bought a box of boys, but instead of using any of the boys' arms, I used all of my leftover knob arms. From, like my other kits so i got these bunch of boys with basically steroided up arms and it, it looks really good to me uh but the fact that the the way the pieces cut out allows for that because everything it's like it's the opposite of with my arco flagellants where it was like well this arm can only go with this torso because there's this weird thing where it like s twists this way and literally only fits here and so anyway so with the orcs right i i got you know, I could tell the between knobs and boys and and stuff like that. And uh, the death dreads, I got two death dreads, and they look both very different. So there's a whole lot of like options there. And and I think for me, getting to the point where I could like tell what was different about the the data card based on what I was looking at. And my friends and I, we don't we don't super WYSIWYG. I like to WYSIWYG if I can. For anyone listening who doesn't know, WYSIWYG is what you see is what you get, basically meaning that you will actually use the model with the attributes that correspond directly to what is physically on the model. It can be very difficult to do that sometimes. <laughs> so, but, so we're generally pretty lax about it, but I still try to make it work when I can. Uh, as for the Sisters Army, which I, I, um, I've only got about six or 700 points worth of Sisters, so not too much. And, you know, being able to tell the difference between, like, okay, this is a Sister and this is a Celestinian uh, because the little Fleur de Lis is on her helmet. I think that's kind of neat. But, uh, so yeah, I, I, for me, I think what it taps into what you're saying there is uh, uniqueness and being able to tell the... Because the whole concept of I build, I paint... These are my guys, yeah. and I and I do little things to make them uniquely mine. There's going to be no other army looks exactly like mine. I, I mean, I admit that I find paint ways to even do that. Like every one of my models in both armies has a has pink on their shoulder. It's just like my motif, and I have in in lore reasons for doing it. But having uniqueness beyond paint is you know is awesome too. So I I'm not sure if I'm still on track here, but all right, what what do you think? 
Well, when I first, you know, said I knew I was going to play Space Marines, I just wasn't sure which faction I wanted to. And ultimately, it came down to Imperial Fists or Ultramarines. And one of the reasons I chose Ultramarines was I didn't want to, you know, paint yellow. But the other reason was I knew Ultramarines, one, they had characters. They had unique people, and they were always unique people. And they had a really cool upgrade sprue. And their upgrade sprue was you could make your officers look like Roman generals. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. I can. Ulrich loves his Rome. (laughs) I don't love Rome, but I like the aesthetic. That's what I probably meant. (laughs) There's a difference. But it was like, okay, and that means that I'm not going to get bored putting together the same handful of people. And I still play it that way. One of my most bought kits was the Stern Guard kit because of all the extra little bits in there. That I would just store up and like, okay, here's a you know a shoulder pad from Death Watch. Here's you know a cool looking sword. And even right now, I'm build. I'm still building uh, certain Marines as Tyrannic War Vets, and I'll give them like a bionic arm or a bionic leg or a scarred up shoulder pad or something because I like that little bit of flavor, that little bit of story I can put into them. Yeah. I mean, I build all my uh, Devastator sergeants. Always get built with thunder hammers or thunder axes because they're wielding the big guns, so they should have big weapons and no i'm all about you know doing little visual things to help separate them out because i'm going to build a lot of them and that's part of the fun is getting to customize and create a story i i do say that i think from a purely game design standpoint i can definitely understand the the impetus at play here i mean literally you've got all let's just use space marines as the examples they're the poster boys for this thing anyway so you've got all these you know 20 they're Okay, like 11 straight chapters, a bunch of sub-chapters, and what are we going to... And they all have the same armor, but they have different little bits about them. It makes sense from a business standpoint to make your base that's going to be shared along all of them and then come out with your, your things that differentiate them. So it sounds to me like from you guys who are more in the know than I am, uh, it sounds to me like they're going through with maybe this train of thought, but they have yet to follow through appropriately on the second part, which is giving the the good, like, unique upgrade sprues, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, but the thing is, like, and I think you touched on a really good point, which is, like, the like the, the production side. We'll just say production, right? Because it makes sense from a production standpoint. You're producing these models, like you said, like, cool, I can make this one model, and it could be, in theory, it could apply to all these different players because they're going to buy it for their different chats, right? And I think that's both the interesting thing about the Guard, but also why we're seeing this homogeny, because with the Guard, it's not just, you know, if you, like, cool, you want Kadia? Go get Kadia. You want Krieg? Go get Krieg. You want Catchtan? Go get Catchtan. And it's like a completely different model. So, like, I get from a production standpoint as a, as a company, they're like, yeah, but no, we don't want to do that. But to me, that's the appeal of that faction, like, playing as an Imperial Guard, because they have such rich, different histories and lore with all these different regiments that, like, I, I don't, I, it just seems like Ninth Edition and Games Workshop as a whole is just pushing a, um, a, the edition seems to be playing in a way that I don't want to say doesn't support, but isn't really conducive to Imperial Guard players, right? 
Well, tell me what you think about this because I I think, and this is just from I'm I'm a relatively new player. Like I've literally only gotten into the hobby this year. It was like back in March or something like that. So I'm I'm very new. I basically came in at eighth when ninth was on the horizon. So sure. my understanding from research, because I'm this kind of person that likes to just research like companies like before I go into interviews or want to get into something, is that Games Workshop even now is a comparatively small company. Like when it comes to the the product they output and yeah. the the length of time they've been around, they haven't actually grown a whole lot. And and their profits are good. Like I actually had an argument with someone about Magic the Gathering versus uh, miniature game. And I don't think that was a stupid argument, but the point is that in the course of that argument, I researched like, okay, so Games Workshop has had you know this much increasing profits every year for the last like 15 years or something like that it was actually like very good numbers so it's not like from lack of success it's just this was a you know originally a pretty small company in i don't remember the the but there's like a very specific section of england and it just hasn't really expanded beyond that conversely though the the game has gone up in popularity a lot from what i can tell in the last like three years even just the last three years so their demand has skyrocketed essentially while they have not really maybe got the uh, the capital in line to deal with that so one of the ways that they can deal with well suddenly our business is growing uh, and you know we are literally you can look at eighth edition and ninth edition to a different degree as moving in a way to make things more for lack of a better term new person friendly I, I've yep. heard legends about how the, the spreadsheets in older editions that you don't need anymore. Ooh. So so if they're making things more user-friendly, their business demand is going up, and their, their uh, production has not necessarily expanded to meet that, one of the best ways to handle this situation is to, all right, let's make it so that what production we have can be more, more widely yeah. yeah, can more widely cater to this new audience that's coming in. So, so I can understand from a, a business point of view very well, I think, what it seems like Games Workshop is doing. And I would hope, because as far as I know, we don't have our ninth edition Imp Guard Codex yet, right? Yeah, not yet. No. Okay, so I would hope that with their, you know, putting out their chapter approved and their codexes and like their FAQs and whatnot, that the goal is to expand on this and that we are unfortunately just seeing this at an early stage when it's hard to see what the future is that's my optimistic hope anyway if that makes any sense no that is the hope but the weird thing that kind of goes back to is for the longest time games workshop was fairly homogenized like your guard regiments you had options but they were bad metal sculpts so you went over to forge world because forge world had the unique sculpts and the decent upgrade sprues and they've been kind of chopping away at that but it is interesting the space marine players are really going hey that horse that heresy stuff looks pretty cool i'm going to use that to customize my chapter because i got nothing over here and guard players are like yeah me oh wait it's gone Well, in that yeah. regard, I would be I'd be really curious what because I don't understand Forge World's relationship with Games Workshop very well. It's I understand Citadel's relationship, but it's the specialty more expensive. Like, no, 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 I get what they are. I mean, from literally a like books standpoint, like how they are interrelated to Games Workshop. Like, as someone whose company just recently got acquired by a larger company, and 
you know, I have to know the like ins and outs of like, okay, what does that mean? How do we get, do we operate independently still or what changes? I'm wondering about those kind of relationships between Games Workshop and Forge World, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, in this Greek, Krieg purge, unless I'm wrong, they also got rid of a lot of the Krieg upgrade screws, which makes no sense. Because if it's a sales-based thing, I'm sorry, I don't believe Gabriel Angelos outsells Krieg. But Gabriel Angelos got to keep going along, and that's a bad skull. Same thing with a lot of the specialist... Okay, I like the Minotaurs, but there's no way the Minotaur characters are outselling Krieg. Yeah, and here's the thing: if they if they fix, and this is maybe I I just don't know the numbers of this, so this is completely uh, uh, an uneducated statement. But if they fixed the mold to sell Krieg Grenadiers, God knows I would buy an obscene amount of them, right? Like it's one of those things they go, well, yeah, we don't sell it, so we we're not gonna, you know, it's gonna go to Legends. I'm like, well, then sell it. I, I don't understand. Sell it, and, and yeah, then I'll buy it. What's been the weird thing is. Krieg, Forge World has this weird policy of every, like, six months or so, they just discontinue the lower-selling stuff. It sucks, but at least you can kind of predict it. But everyone's like, but Krieg's not going to get that, because Krieg sells. It's very known in the hobby. It's a very niche army, but you know what? It's expensive. People play it because it's a very visually striking army. So when they announced, like, yeah, we're getting rid of, like, 50% of Krieg, everyone went, but Why? What sense does this make? And that's what brings us back to this whole thing. It doesn't make sense from a business point of view. It doesn't make sense. If you want to simplify and streamline your army for people getting into the hobby, okay. That's what Forge World's for. Forge World is that dedicated, more experienced hobbyist realm. But even over on Forge World, it's they're 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 getting rid of upgrade screws left and right. They're getting rid of models left and right. And you're just kind of left with red cadians. Yeah. yeah, I will say that for all the reasons that I've said before, I understand that getting rid of models, even ones that are selling, because streamlining from a production standpoint does make sense. But clearing out the upgrade screws as well, that I can't think of a business reason for. Like, because that's not going to take cut in too much to your production. They're literally more of a, a niche product that's done on top of your primary product. And you can make only as many as you need to sell, as opposed to, say, if we use Imgar as the example, you're going to be pumping out, you know, guardsmen constantly, essentially. So, yeah, I, I don't – without seeing, essentially, their books, I can't think of a, a reason why you'd want to cut back on your upgrade sprues. And yeah, and I, gets, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, here's where it gets really weird. Is that Games Workshop has very has like the biggest thing pushing forward is here is lores and rule for the specialized subfaction, be it Space Marine chapter, be it you know Eldar Craft World, be it you know they are writing rules and supporting things that are you know unique and like hey here's a narrative, here's a thing, here's this weird thing, but we're not going to give you anything to make it look different. But we're going to give you rule. We're going to put effort into writing rules and lore for this art for this you know specialized faction. But we're not going to make any real effort past that, which is such a mixed message. Yeah, and that's the thing. So it's like with 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 specifically with the guard, right? They're all. I get that. You know, there's there's a sense where you want to streamline production, and you're like, okay, even if you're like two, okay, you're going to have Cadians, and you're going to have you know, let's say. 
Krieg and Forgeworld. So let's say Cadians and Catchtin, right? One of the things that I remember, and I wish I had like really, this is right, because I also got into Warhammer 40k around 8. I, so I'm relatively new too, but I really fell into it really hard. Uh, not implying that, I, that you have it. Uh, but the, the thing that I wish I had known early on is they did this, they did this made-to-order uh, event where they're like, hey, cool, like we're going to do, I can't remember, what's the regiment that's like the, uh, the guys with the, the fur hats? But, the Vostroyans. Uh, yes. And they did a giant, like, hey, like, we're going to do them in plastic. Uh, it's made to order. Uh, you have to, you know, you have to buy this huge army for it. So, you know, it's not like, it wasn't like you could just buy a handful of units. It's like, here's a thing. And, and it was like for one week, and then it disappeared. And then I was like, oh, that's really cool. I don't really have the money for that now. And I'm, I'm really into, like, this other thing. And that's fine. But that's a cool idea. And I've never seen that again. So, like, even if they, they just announced when these things were going to happen like hey guys like look cadia is even though their their planet's gone there there are there are poster uh, people for uh imperial guard and and catched him but at different periods of time we'll let you know because like you know we want to make sure you buy them here are these moments where we're going to do these things and they can do them as test runs and maybe that's what they did and it didn't do very well but for me it's just this level of the all of the more visualization that you can put onto your uh, tabletop for your different armies is more of a wow factor to draw someone in, right? Because they might, someone might look at Cadia models and be like, nah, I'm meh, whatever. But then they might look at, you know, one of the other different regiments and be like, holy smokes, that's amazing, right? And get into it. But the thing that I think is happening is because, you know, it's a lot easier from, as we talked about with these production standpoints to be like, right, we can do all these space marines, make them really cool, and then, like, they apply to all this different stuff, is the guard is, as, a, as an army, is, like, I think Games Workshop has this mi mindset because you need so much to, quote-unquote, make them work. Like, if you're going to get into them and you want to do an infantry, you know, um, build, you got to buy a lot of models. And so, but for me, I go, and so I guess that might be just a concern that Games Workshop has where they're like, well, that's going to be off-putting to people that are into it. Well, it's like, no, if someone's actually into it, that's actually what they're really excited about doing. And that, to me, is a draw, not like a hindrance, but it's just, it's, it's unfortunate because it just seems like, you know, and I guess the question is, like, with as an Orc player, right, um, what were you off-put by the fact that you're going to need so many models to, like, get started, uh, like an army, or was that, like, a, an appeal? Uh, appeal. Exactly, <laughs> that's my point. The fact yeah. that orcs are a horde army is a big reason why I wanted to play them in the first place. And yes. a big reason why I wanted to play sisters, well, actually the main reason I wanted to play sisters was completely aesthetic. When I found out that they are primarily a a uh, a moving infantry gun line, I, so you're going to have just a lot of sisters with guns. And I'm not a big vehicle person in general. I Some exceptions. Like I, I love my Morkanaut that's sitting over there. But... Uh, <laughs> anyway, they're saying like, yeah, I like having a lot of models. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing is like the 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 sorry not to just keep going back to this well, but like the interesting thing about to me about the game is each faction plays relatively different. So guard play the reason you play guard is because you you like the way that guard the guard plays, and they're arguably what the third most horde army, only behind Tyranids and orcs. So. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's not what games workshop at least again my my personal opinion and my assessment right that's not what they're going for for ninth 
right? Like that's not really what they are um, banking on ninth to play as, right? The, with some of the rules that they've done with, you know, blast you know weapons and all these things, I'm like, oh, okay, so like I'm just going to get, the, my squad's going to get murdered. Okay, cool. You know what's funny about that as a sidebar? I remember reading all of the the various sites, obviously Goonhammer and, and whatnot, that thought sure. that uh, the ninth was going to be, you know, the death of a lot of hordes and the death of, uh, I know for a while people were scared of like melee because of certain rules, changes like vehicles and stuff. But yeah. then I look at, for example, and I admit this is just in, like one example, the like prevailing orc list right now is take Gaz, take 120 boys, four <laughs> squads of 30, sure. and then like a squad of mega knobs to support them. And that is like one of the most winning orc lists right now is literally just 120 boys. So so regardless of what ninth edition like is might have intended, horde lists are still strong <laughs> if you do them right. No, that's great. That's what I want to hear, right? That that or at least that 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 is a such a component of playing the game, like having people play, to bringing an army and be like, oh, whoa, that army normally plays like this, which is different than how that guy over there who's playing that army, which is completely different, right? And, and that's which where... Why, yeah, go ahead. Oh, which is why, side note, the other orc army that is winning uh, a bunch is not a lot of boys, like 10 to fill in your troops, and then buggies. Buggies, as far as the eye can see. Scrap jets, boomdockers, snaz wagons, whatever buggies you can fit. So those are two very different kind of armies. So that's awesome. But I also kind of want to talk about, because, you know, I, I did some poking around the community to get some feedback on this. And it's not just Imperial players. Like, I don't want to, because Tyranid players are mad that they have, their whole factions are based about ad uh, adapting and changing and they have some of the most limited kits. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. from like I'm not a Tyranid player. None of my friends are Tyranid players, but I can still say I know enough to say that not only are they literally one of the worst armies from a uh, mechanical standpoint right now, they lose a lot in, in tournaments right now, but they also have expensive and really samey models, which is really too bad for yeah. for essentially like the second most expensive army probably be considering how many of the units you need and uh yeah most of them are going to be the same you like with orcs i can get away with all my boys can look very different so the fact that the army doesn't look homogenous at all is part of the point it's like i may have 120 boys in the board but if uh you look closely they all look different but you have you know you put like 90 hormigants or down and they're basically all going to look exactly the same, which is... Well, that, that's fine. That's the appeal. But the big monsters all have either, okay, he's got crab claws or he's got scythe mounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This well, big it... model I spent all this money and all these points on, he looks identical to the three others that I also have to bring to make my army run. That is definitely one thing that, like I was mentioning before, like my scrapjet is the only orc model I've gotten that is essentially monopose. Like it's got like one or two like missiles you could put on the opposite side or something. And I when I when I put it together, I realized that the thought crossed my mind that I don't really want any more of these. I've got the one. If the other ones are just gonna look like this, then it's I'm fine. I got yep. this one. So I I do wonder about that for other people. And the other big uh, Xeno army that people came across was Tau. It's like, where are the, everyone I talk to, a lot of people I talk to, like, where are the Tau Auxiliary? Like, Tau are cool, but they're this well, big collective 
it action. doesn't. Sorry, I was going to say it doesn't help that Tau are right down there with with Tyranid when it comes to performance right now. They are the yep. two worst armies currently. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, yeah, and, yeah, and it and it sucks as a Tau player, right? Is just and this this is where it kind of goes. Back. Edition screwed Tau a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they had two editions. They were just beating the crap out of everybody. So <laughs> yeah. they're not getting you know, a lot of. The problem is that ninth edition is so into flipping objectives, and the fact that Tau have like two melee units in their entire codex means that they just they can't flip objectives. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, and just that's the thing is like ninth edition is a really cool like the things that I like about it is it's about at least the the few that games that I play is like mobility, right? And it's just like getting in and being able to spread out and hold and, and um, react to, um, you know, turn by turn. And what I like about Tau is they actually are a very fast-moving faction. And they have a lot of mobility. And, you, when you, and I really got into playing the Far Side Enclave because they're about kind of getting in close. But with, like, the updates, they're just like, cool, you get... They just really double down on these, like, turtling techniques. And I'm like... Yeah, but I don't want to do that, and now it's kind of like it's just it's in a shitty place. Uh, and and to me though, like what would make it really interesting is give me some of the stuff, give me some stuff to make my my army that looks even with you know all these different things, you know, fire warriors that they look they look different than you know creatures and pathfinders. Um, or uh, give me some auxiliary stuff. Give me the cool aliens. It's a faction about it. This this you know group of different things. Like give me. Give me that stuff because it only enhances the game when you put it on the field, right? And to me, it's like lore. I'm a really big lore guy, so I really like fluffy stuff. I really like them. I really like building the models, and I really like painting the models. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm in on everything, right? And it's such a cool experience to either bring your army out and like put it on the table, and, and it feels so unique to you. You're like, oh man, this is great. It's also amazing to see other people's armies that you've never played before. And you're like, whoa, what is that? Like, that's cool. And, and there's just this level of the more uniqueness that we can add to it is only going to add to the overall experience, in my opinion. I get from a production standpoint, it's like, well, why do we want to do that? But it's because I think there's a demand. And like, I, I think everyone wants to make their stuff cool. So I will say... I think you touched on something I hadn't even thought about that is really relevant to this conversation. The Tau, I have noticed, and it does seem weird to me, that the the way Ninth Edition, and I even saw it in Kill Team, is shaken out. Like, using the Tau auxiliary races is just not... Yep. Co- it's not viable. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Viability well, is the models not the suck and the rules are terrible. Viability like, <laughs> like, is not the end-all, be-all, but why is there only one box for Vespid Stingwings, yep. for example? Oh, so, yep. and it's like we have a couple croup things, but I just, yeah, I think of I think of the Tau as Warhammer's version of the Federation, for example. Sure. I mean, they're literally supposed to be like an extremified kind of version of that, with a bunch of races working together, potentially under Orwellian mind control. That's not the point. So, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So the point is that we should have even more like varied, weird stuff for the for the Tau, and then instead just like, nah, nah, just the Gundam look. We know plenty of you are into this for Gundam, so we're just gonna triple yep. down on that. So, well, and that was the biggest travesty to me, not to 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 derail, but like, or, or go off on a tangent, I should say. But for the biggest travesty for me for Psychic Awakening was the fact that the Tau didn't get a Psychic unit. 
And I'll let everyone's like, well, the Tau don't, they don't have psychic powers. You're absolutely right. But there are factions with, or there's alien auxiliaries within the um, Tau Empire that have psychic powers. Like, that's that's a thing, that's right? Like The whole humans... reason they conquer planets is to yes. fill in the gaps in their line. Exactly. They adapted the crew because they hit like wet noodles. Like, we need something that can punch. <laughs> Look at these weird bird creatures. They can yes. hit hard. Let's yes. bring them on in. Yes, exactly. So I was very, very frustrated when it was like, Hey, you're gonna get a new. You're finally gonna get a new model. I was like, "Oh, thank you, awesome." Oh, well, by new we just meant we're redoing a, a character that you had before. Oh, so I'm not gonna get actually anything new? No, 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 no. T don't be silly. We'll we'll come back to you in four years. And you're like, ah, like I we could have had such cool stuff, and that would have shaken it up. And that's the thing is, that's that's what I'm looking for in my Warhammer armies is. Uh, uniqueness right even if i know that like cool everybody who's krieg is probably going to roll with like similar things that's fine because i feel a, a connection to the army that i'm playing and yeah they are guard but they were also like they had their differences and it made me feel good playing them even though they've never really been competitive it's not like they were really competitive to begin with but you just want to you just want to feel rewarded for for um, you know, the investment of time, time and money, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny because one thing that strikes me about this conversation, right, is that uh, right at the end of the day, Games Workshop is a uh, business and yeah. sadly now they're going to have to run it like a business. But there's one thing that for me is vital when it comes to how you come or how you operate as a business, which is transparency with your customers. Yeah. So I feel like from what I'm hearing the one of the big issues is the uncertainty. If Games Workshop seemingly, right, would be more communicative about like, hey, we know that this is how things seem and we see that say Krieg players are are upset with how this is going. And even if Games Workshop wanted to do it in a way that would end up being not great for Krieg, at least they could come out and communicate what their reasons and that they're going to do that so that you get as much essentially heads up as possible. Uh, same thing for you know Tau and these other races. So, and I feel like they might be moving in that direction with the you know from what I've seen with just considering things like the annuals and the FAQs and whatnot. But it's the the level of uncertainty there seems to be more not more the problem, but definitely exacerbates the issue. And I feel like that they could be more well transparent with what they're planning to do with these lines. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. 100%. 100%. And I think we'll end with probably the best example of well, when this is done right. Well, hold on. I'll, I'll just say, like, okay. for example, if Games Workshop came out tomorrow and we're like, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're flash, we're putting flash gets back to legends, my favorite, you know, unit, and we're, we're basically eliminating free Buddhas, at least they could tell me instead of just suddenly not supporting them, which would be yeah. a lot yeah, more. Yeah, that, that's a bad habit they need to end. Yep. Yeah. It's like, just, just tell us, don't just, Go go radio silent and let leave us floundering. Like, whoa, what is this, is this model gonna still be usable? What what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me quickly do this hypothetical, and then I know you're we're gonna wrap it up. But like, there was a hypothetical version, right, of the Krieg updates. You're like, hey, look, sorry guys, some of these models are just gonna go here. This is what it is. But positive, you're getting roped into or folded into the codex. Oh man. And immediately there were some thoughts of like, well, what does that mean? We have like our, our Krieg guys have weapon strength three now. Does that mean we have four? Like, what do we lose? And if they had just been like, and here's the deal. Yep, 
it's going to suck. You're going to lose some of these things, but you're going to get this. And don't worry, though. You've been taken care of because we've put some real time and effort into your regimental doctrine. Oh, okay, cool. What is that? Hey, you know how you were concerned that you lost your weapon strength three? Hey, your regimental doctrine is Krieg Infantry have weapon strength three. There you go. Now you have all those benefits of now being the Codex. You've kept this thing that you felt unique to you. Also, here's like something to do with like the morale. They surely just kept 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 that the the eighth one, and I think I would have been fine. And at that point, it's like, okay, cool. I see what they're doing. Here's the things that I'm losing, but like here's the positives. And it's just like it's just spun in a way where like, hey, here's what's happening. Be happy with it. I'm like, but but I'm not. I don't I don't feel like any thought was put into this besides to make me cry. Yeah, I, I will say that just based on reading publications from a few different Warhammer sites, I see all this speculation and people trying to, uh, to just figure out what Games Workshop's game plan is. And I think some of the sites, you know, can be a lot smarter about it and can you know pull up the right context clues. But the fact that we're having to do this in the first place is problematic. And I feel like especially when you're releasing a new edition and you're doing all these things, you should have a a thesis statement, a mission statement, whatever you want, but be able to like say to your your community, hey, look, some of these changes, uh, we people have been playtesting this material for a while now, for like half a year or something like that, and we've, we've got, you know, these opinions are not, not, not known. I refuse to acknowledge that Games Workshop doesn't know the kind of things we're talking about. <laughs> so it's possible, but I refuse to accept yeah. it. So, so... I think they could at least come out and be like, okay, uh, you know, and I'm not saying take the time to handle every complaint because, again, that's not feasible from a business standpoint and you shouldn't be dealing with every, you know, bitchy person. But when you've got, like, widespread complaints or widespread criticisms, and I don't mean that in a fully negative way, just say, like, hey, here's a thing, critique it, then you should be able to come out and be like, okay, here was our philosophy and our uh, motive for doing this, and maybe we didn't hit it, maybe we think we did, maybe we're going to try to move more things, maybe not, but just have that kind of like communicate with your with your audience, with your customers. So, yeah, yeah. yeah transparency. I know my my final point to end this on is if anyone's going to say they can't do it, the models won't sell. I will say Death Guard oh. because <laughs> Death Guard is an army that, you know, started as a homogenous aspect of chaos, and they made a full line of models, and it is yeah. sold like hotcakes. Yeah. So it can be done. And mark my words, they're going to do it with the other four god factions. It can be done. Please, Games Workshop, do it. I, 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 I think about, okay, I'm going to pitch it to you like a businessman. I mean, I can almost guarantee Emperor's Children are next on the list, but anyway. Yes, they, they've been it. If you play guard, you have to buy hundreds of individual guardsmen but imagine if you also had to buy hundreds of upgrade sprues mm -hmm. to go with your guardsmen imagine <laughs> the money you could make you were literally leaving money on the table by not selling ten dollar upgrade sprues just so i can have a different torso yep and you know we will buy it you've seen this shit we warhammer fans will buy yep i mean yep. we're buying the terrible upgrade sprues as they exist now for space marines and don't even get me started on that god-awful Iron Hands one. Faction known for biotics only gets one bionic, and it's the same bionic that's in all the Hellblaster upgrade. Oh. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to stop before I just get angry and start just <laughs> ranting. All right, but I want to give the the final uh, spotlight to, to Bert, our guest. Do you have any concluding thoughts on this conversation? 
concluding thoughts um, is, is this, right? Even everything we said, everything I was talking about with the negatives, I still love playing my faction and I'm, and I'm, I'm not giving up because uh, there's a reason why I, I got into it and there's a reason why I collected it and there's a reason why I play it. So don't give up, don't lose hope. Um, you, you know, you, you, you like the factions that you like for a reason um, and, you know, as much as it would be great to have like official support on stuff, there's always things you can do. There's always stuff you can do, and that's part of the fun. Adversity um, <laughs> to get to get the things that you need uh, on the table, um, and yeah, just it, all of this is to we do this as a hobby <laughs> for fun. So it's it, you know, do what makes you happy, and at that point, then no one can take that from you. All right. Well then. At that point, uh, since that's a great way to do the stuff, because I totally agree with that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure Ulrich does, too. And it's at this point we, in addition to the spotlight I just gave you, we also give you a little soapbox that you can get on so you can plug whatever you want to plug. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, uh, I got nothing besides, you know, the stuff I've said before. Or, uh, check out the Mass Effect podcast we do, Mass Effect Phantom. Also, I don't think I've ever said this before. I, I've written a book, uh, so go check out my... Uh, it's, it's a little... It's been out for a while. Go check out my sci-fi... Um, cyberpunky book called Cyberside. You can get it on Amazon for like pretty cheap. Um, and it's basically what if uh, we were in the Matrix, but all knew that we lived in the Matrix. Um, so what would society Ooh. look like if we had a like? We all knew we downloaded our brains into a computer. What does that? What does that look like? Uh, you know, what does identity theft look like now in a world where <laughs> we all live in a computer? And um, and the the answer is humanity sucks and it's terrible. Um, but yeah, go check it out. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Sidebar, Bert, in my, in my work, because I do a lot of work from home, and in my meetings with people, my, my background, because you know, everyone does a background now, is the Bridge of the Normandy. Just that's awesome. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, <laughs> Horik, you want to take us into our outro? Yes, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things, because because you did all those things is the reason we are here doing a season two of this podcast on top of all the other podcasts we are doing. And we're super happy that people like Geeks of Grimdark well enough for us to continue to do a season two. I mean, we probably were going to do a season two anyway because we're giant Warhammer nerds at this point, but <laughs> it's nice to have validation. And whatever platform you're currently listening to us on, Thank you. We and I, I'm aware that we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. There's so many platforms out there, and convenience I know is a huge thing when it comes to listening to to these kind of things. So if you would, if it'd be more convenient for you for us to be on some other platform, well, tell us what that platform is so we can look into it. As always, this has been Lord Commander Oric and his Shield brother Axel Wright. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.